Welcome to the Word from the Ancient Path, Stories and Sermons for the Journey, a channel of blessing and encouragement for friends all over the world to hear and experience how God speaks and works through ordinary people with an extraordinary calling. We have stories of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we have the Word of God declared through the pastors and missionaries of Ancient Path Ministries, La Iglesia Volviendo a la Senda Antigua. I'm your guide, Pastor Kevin Job. I'm very happy to be with you. Our ministry was founded by Pastors Jose Santiago and Yamile Cruz in Jovellanos, Cuba. And my wife, Tani, and I serve as chief connection makers in the United States. Our team of pastors, missionaries, advisors, and kingdom servants is dedicated to planting churches and spreading the reach of the gospel. And so we pray that you are blessed and inspired by these sermons and reflections and the testimony of what God has done and is doing in and through us. Hey friends, this is Episode Post. We find ourselves halfway through the season of autumn. Now the church has a lot of stories to tell in this season and oftentimes they get lost in the mix of other things. And today I want to share just a little about two of those stories so that'll make you go and search them out a little bit further and then quite a bit about one other one. Now for those of us who live in a temperate climate, big changes are underway. Physical changes in the earth and the atmosphere that actually have ancient ties to people of faith. Since biblical times, our spiritual ancestors and our current Jewish cousins have observed a festival commanded by God and attended yearly by Jesus himself. It's called the Feast of Tabernacles or Booths. And it is to celebrate the harvest and to reflect on God leading his people out of slavery. If you're streaming the program on Premiere Day this week, then it's October 31st, 2022, which as we faithful people know, is a day of great importance. You've probably already thought of it. Yeah, Reformation Day, the anniversary of the start of the largest upheaval in our Christian faith since the day of Pentecost. That is what you celebrate today, right? It was 1517 when the priest Martin Luther came to the chapel door in Wittenberg, Germany, and posted arguments that were designed to engage the church in some serious discussions. Instead, they started what ought to be described as an overthrow that would lead to new strains of Christian thought and action and a new era of biblical and theological understanding that continues even today. Now, Martin Luther didn't just pull October 31st out of thin air. In those days, the church door also acted as something of a bulletin board where folks would put up information. This was like before Xerox or phone apps could do all of that for us. Luther wanted to be sure to get his ideas to as many people as possible, and so he strategically chose this date because he knew that many, many people would be headed into worship services the very next day. You see, since around 609 AD, November 1st has been celebrated in the Christian church as All Saints Day. And though it's naturally evolved over the the centuries, the basic idea is simple. On this day, we look back over our shoulders and we remember those who have died in the faith and who have gone on ahead of us to live in one of those, you know, many mansions that Jesus promised to prepare for us. And from the Old Testament scriptures and forward to today, God has made clear that his faithful children are to be a people of remembrance. We remember God's creative power, God's faithfulness, God's salvation, both physical and spiritual, God's providence, God's love, God's ongoing and ultimate victories over evil, and God's here and coming kingdom. Now, All Saints Day is a part of this core value of remembrance. So my hope is that today's program is going to help you remember those who have paved the way for your own faith. And to do that, I'm going to share just a few thoughts in between statements of 
well, what is for me one of the most compelling passages in all the scripture, Hebrews 11, 1 through 12, 3. This is the hall of fame of our faithful spiritual ancestors. And I got to tell you, some of them were very unlikely candidates to be called saint in the way that we often think of the word. And yet God chose to include each of them on the roll. Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You know what the first thing Jesus says in his ministry in Galilee? He says, the time is now. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Believing is sometimes not the easiest thing for us to do. Sometimes along the way, the path seems covered over by weeds. Verse 2 says, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Did you catch that? God created the universe. And despite all the trendy turns of phrase, the universe does not move on us, call us out, help us, or save us. No, the creator of the universe, our unseen creator, is the only one who can do any of that. And the ancients, well, those are the people who have gone before us. And today we remember and give thanks to God for the people who were born, lived, and died, and who blazed the trail for us. Verse 4, by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks, even though he's dead. The offering that we make in faith in this life is going to last well beyond what we can see. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone comes to him, they must believe that he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Now let's stop for a minute and think. Can you imagine how stupid the people, I mean, even his family thought that Noah was. Apart from his real relationship with and his faith in God Almighty, I, I can't think of anything that would move someone to something so completely counterintuitive and seemingly crazy. Verse 8, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went even though he didn't know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Friends, Father Abraham was a true pioneer. He, didn't, he wasn't given a path. He wasn't given any promise of provision, just a command to go and tabernacle or camp out in an unknown land. Verse 11 goes on, by faith Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Romans 4:17 says of Abraham, he is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls 
calls into being things that were not. Verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things know that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they'd left, they would have had an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. And therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. We're going to take a moment now for a short break. Stay with us for more on the Ancient Path. At Ancient Path Ministries, we hope to carry the light of the kingdom of God into places where it is most needed, to see people set free from what holds them captive. Now, our ministry is built on connections in Christ, and our financial foundation depends on the regular partnership of beloved friends such as you. If you would like to be a covenant financial partner or just simply contribute to the work of the ministry, visit our website at ancientpathministries.org. Check out the church in action and see how you can be a part of bringing good news, connecting in Christ, and building the kingdom. And we are back. We continue in Hebrews 11 at the 17th verse. It says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead, and figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. You see, for those who pack up what they've known and they set out on a course for the things of God, it's clear that their place is being prepared, that, that God has it all in hand, and these folks, their lives mark the path for us. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. And by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bone. A few hundred years later, the legacy continues. Verse 23, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. And by faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. In that day, my friends, God was purifying his people and our ancestor Moses was faithful. He looked forward to the promise of God. Verse 29 says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. I read this and I think, can you imagine the trust to cross the sea or to spend a week marching around the most fortified city in the region? And then can you imagine the wonder of seeing the impossible accomplished by the hand of God? Think for just a second, where, where is it that God has come through for you when things seemed impossible? Hebrews 11.31 says, By faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Rahab the prostitute. This woman is, along with Judah, who got his daughter-in-law pregnant, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. 
God's grace is for all of us, which gives me another opportunity to ponder where is it that God has been merciful to each of us in our sin? Verse 32, what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon or Barak or Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. The ones who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. It is by faith that we see weakness turn to strength and the enemies of God routed. Verse 35 continues, Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated because the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. Now, folks, our nation rightfully often shares stories of those who gave all for the sake of flag and country. But I got to tell you, the scripture and the history of the church tells a story of much, much greater sacrifice. The people who gave their earthly lives so that you and I might experience salvation and the power of resurrection. And the 20th and the early 21st centuries have seen more people martyred for the gospel than any other period in the history of the Christian faith. Verse 39, they were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Each one of these saints and millions of others have lived and died and awaited the prize so that you and I might be included in the multitude who inhabit the kingdom of heaven. And so we celebrate All Saints Day, November 1st, to remember, to give thanks, and to anticipate the day when we finish the course and receive the crown. I want to share a thought here from Rich Mullins. It's about God's saint-shaping work and those of us who haven't quite arrived. Someday, I shall be a great saint, like those you see in the windows of magnificent cathedrals. I'll have a soul made of sunlight and skin as clear as the stained glass panels that make their skin. And I will shine like they do now. I will shine with the glory that comes over those who rise up early and seek the Lord. But I do not shine so now especially not in the morning. In fact, I grimace until noon. I would never be mistaken for a stained glass saint, though at 7 a.m. I might be gray and grotesque as a gargoyle. By faith, I accept that God's commands are not burdensome, but right now, I'm not grown in that measure of grace that frees me to exalt in this particular command to seek him early in the morning. Right now it is dusk, and far in the east the sky is already being inked with the shadow that our earth makes of itself, and some nearer stars are waking there. I'm in a park. And right now, these great trees are casting no shadows. The greens of their leaves are holding the last rays of sun already set. And the sky in the west is bright and turquoise. 
and it shines like a semi-precious stone, as if any stone could be uh, semi-precious. And over all that I can see, over my motorcycle, and the trunks, and the limbs of these hardwood giants, over this close-cut lawn, and the now-abandoned tennis courts, and baseball diamonds, and over the sky, still fading, still and newly exquisite, and over me, a great peace washes. It comes up from the ground, down from the heavens, a deep peace breathed out by a universe that surrounds itself again in the embrace of its creator, its God, who is to be sought by his saints in the hours of early mornings, but condescends to seek out even sinners at dusk, and who washes them at evening in the peace of his presence and throws round their shoulders the cloak of his acceptance and puts on their fingers the ring of his pleasure. The pleasure he takes in them when he meets them here on the road, even before they could get home, when he echoes in the evening the hymn he sang for them at dawn. Someday I will rise up like the sun in the morning, Someday I will shine like the saints who watch from cathedral windows. I know this, not because of any evidence I have produced of myself, but because of the witness of his scriptures, because of the evidence of his grace, and because of the testimony of the sky that washes over me at dusk. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The celebration of God's harvest, the start of a faith revolution, the remembrance of the saints who created the very ancient path on which we walk. The church has a story to tell in the autumn. It is the best one there is. Don't let the other guys marketing fool you. This brings us to the end of our time for today. Thank you so much for being with us. Join us next time as we continue to explore the Word of God and the witness of His people. And again, be sure to check out our webpage, ancientpathministries.org. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Ancient Path Ministries. Until next time, we pray God blesses you richly. Go and be the church.